Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pagan Gumbo Podcast. I'm Forrest, and I'm here with Michael today, and we are coming to you live, not really, recorded from the Magical Druid Store in Clintonville, Columbus, Ohio. Thanks for listening. So, Michael, what is today's topic of discussion? So today, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. I'm already scared. And Seamus, who's not here because he's off doing our taxes, um, made some of these suggestions. But specifically, what what we want to ask is, if you were stuck alone on a desert island and you could only bring three things, say, one thing for, uh, or one book, one person. Uh, okay. And one thing for spell work. What would it be? Okay, and these are all, generally speaking, in a pagan context. In a pagan context. Okay, cool. Yes, not necessarily a familial context, because... Uh, <laughs> then you gotta choose between, you know, family members. Yeah. Um, there is no way to not get in trouble here, so I will just go with the truth, which is the person will be my cat. Um, That's acceptable. It, if I can get a two from one deal on the fact that they're not human people, I would like both of my cats. I don't know if that's negotiable. Uh, if I can only bring one, it's Helena, because she is she is always right up in my face anytime I want to do anything hocusy and pocusy. She's just like, oh yeah, we're going to do the thing, mom. Yay, let's do the thing. So she's she's very attentive and helpful in her own way, usually knocking things over, which is, you know, comic relief. But yes, um, as as many people who are actually in my family would probably be a little bit insulted. Uh, yeah, Helena comes with me. The book. Shoot. I don't know. I mean, there's a bunch of them that if I didn't have them on my bookshelf in times of magical practice, I would be pretty lost. You know, the the standard fare is Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, Stephen Forrest's The Inner Sky for referencing basic planetary stuff, Um, Catherine Ironwood's Hoodoo and Root Workbook. Um, there's an excellent book by Victoria Zack that is a tiny little, almost like a chat book called um, The Crone's Book of Magical Words. And that's always been mighty handy. Uh, there's another book whose authors I am forgetting right now, but it's called The Magical and Ritual Use of Perfumes, and I seriously, I need that with me all the time, especially when I'm creating perfume for magical purposes. But if I could only pick one, it might have to be the Stephen Forrest book. It might have to be The Inner Sky, because I think I spend more time trying to line up the magical intention with the planetary goings-on. Uh, and what was the last one? One Thing, like a spell piece or uh, something you do, something like you used to do magic tool? with. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, my my fluffy bunny, white light new age side is going to come out on this one. I would choose a crystal, and it might have to be a piece of selenite, because I find working with selenite in particular is. Um, It's super effective in getting energies moving, especially when I feel like I've gotten stale or stagnant. 
if I feel that my state of mind is not where I want it to be in order to do effective magical practice um, and things just need to get kind of unclogged, selenite seems to be an, an excellent tool for that. I also happen to have this incredible selenite wand um, that I got the last time I was vending at a, at a Body Mind Spirit Expo. Um, so that might have to be the piece, but I know that that's the one I would have the hardest time really nailing down because I'll think of another rock and I'll think of another rock and I'll think of another rock like all day long after this conversation and it'll be like, oh no, I should have said that one. No, I should have said that one. It should have been my, my favorite rose quartz or it should have been this a really amazing piece of kyanite that I have and oh yeah, I forgot about, you know. I know that, that I'll change my mind 50 times on that, but off the top of my head, I would say my selenite wand, my copy of Stephen Forrest, and my cat. <laughs> it's hard to narrow stuff down and get your hands around. It. Right, and it will never be right. It will never be an actual correct answer, but that's what's coming to me today. So, same question. What would you have to have with you and whom? So, for me, it's, it's actually not deeply complicated for me, except, of course, for the person, because people are always complicated. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a lot of people that I've done a lot of good work with. Um, so we'll come to them at the end. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to book, it would have to be, it would almost certainly have to be a, a copy of the Rig Veda in English translation. The Rig Veda? Um, yep. Cool. And which is a collection of more than a thousand hymns um, and the reason that I like that for this is because those Vedic gods are deities and spirits of weather and of existence and of all the things in the natural world. Huh. And I like them on that deserted island idea huh. because the experience of the world around you is often hard to think about and describe huh. unless you have words for that. And the Vedic hymns have always provided a lovely set of words for that. Plus, I could read about the dawn all day and never get tired of it. That's pretty nifty. Um, Sequoia, another contributor and participant in Pagan Gumbo podcast, is quite knowledgeable in, in the Vedic side of spirituality. So that might be a place where the two of you meet minds. I'll geek out all day over Vedic stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, on the, the ritual tool stuff, it's probably a box of matches. Huh. Because for me, fire is at the center of the practice. And so all the work that I do centers around the fire. The ability to build a fire, the ability to light candles, whatever it might be. Um, and having that allows me to, to do that work. Huh. Which is why I always have a box of matches everywhere I go. Okay, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> I keep it in my Altoids tin altar. Um, and there's a little candle in there as well. Because when I pray, I kindle a fire. Hmm. And so that's the, the kind of work that I do. In terms of people, there's obviously my partner in the, the, the shop here, Seamus, would be an excellent choice for that. Um, but if I were going to pushed on it. Um, I have a friend who works out of the D.C. area. Um, Washington, D.C.? Washington, D.C. Huh. And she does shamanic healing and things like that. Um, the, the 
if you look her up online, um, it's Healing Coyote Shamanism. Healing Coyote yep. Shamanism. Healing Coyote is what she is, is how she goes. And her work has always impressed me and has always been something that I would be interested just to spend time working with her in. Yeah. Um, especially since she's also a mental health pro professional in, in, in her life and, and all these kinds of things. But her, her work has been really lovely to me to, to get to know. So, and wow. personality-wise, she's a lot of fun to hang out with. Yeah, so. well, that, that helps when you're on a desert. Wow, so those are great answers. I, I, I want to revise my answer. <laughs> Especially the pragmatic application of a box of matches. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, we're not really thinking about pragmatism here. But it, it works. It, it does. Totally it's works. it's a useful thing to have on that deserted island. But I mean, fire is always useful. Um, hmm. But the things that that move us, that shape our practice, those are equally useful. I tend to think. Hmm. And so, whatever it is that you are needing for your practice, are the things that you need. To, to live a fulfilling life too. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. It's it's interesting to kind of stop and look at the the first response of the mind when addressing like, okay, what's the absolute essential? Like if I need to do some magical practice right now and these are the things I'm pared down to, what are they? What what are the first things that you would quite literally reach for? Mm -hmm. Um, if you, you had to get your your ritual on real quick. Um yeah, I think I'm going to go change my mind quite a few times <laughs> <laughs> about these answers, but it's a neat thing to think about. We always do. So, yes, practicality of, of a box of matches aside, I mean, there's no, plenty right. of practicality for all sorts of things. Yeah. Especially if it's a nice big stone you can throw at something. Selenite's <laughs> <laughs> too brittle. It wouldn't really kill yeah, anything. That's true. I guess I could go fishing, but only a few times because it's also water-soluble. <laughs> I really need to rethink this. <laughs> This is Mike, I'm here with Sequoia, and we are talking about what it is, what, what we would take on a desert island if we were, if we had to, to just take one thing um, of each of a uh, couple of categories. So the first category is, if you were on a desert island, what would you want in terms of a book, a person to work with, and a magical item or uh, a thing that you use to do ritual or whatever that might be. Okay, so for my book, I'm going to use my own spell book, my own book of shadows. Which is a great choice, I think. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Because um, by now it's, it's like a couple years old and it's got some good stuff in there that's been working for me, so I'm taking that for sure, because that's like my own Bible, if you will, <laughs> like it's mm -hmm. mine. Um, my tool, I'm going to switch it up from when I, what I originally thought of. I'm going to have like a stick or a wand with me because I can use it to draw things. I can use it, I can do some sigils. It's an island, I don't know how many rocks I'd find, but I don't know, shells, like anything like that can be incorporated to what I draw. So a wand, my book of shadows, and I don't want to pick a person because there, if I pick one person, there's like 30 that would be mad at me. So <laughs> That's a common problem when we ask this question. <laughs> yeah, because honestly, if I pick anyone but my sister, she would be like, really? Like, you wouldn't take me on the island? So I'm going to go with my dog and be safe. I'm taking Lucy with me. Yeah. Um, she's half hound dog, so, you know, she'll chase something down if need be. <laughs> 
Do, does does Lucy do work with you in terms of magic? And it's it's weird because she definitely has energy, but when I'm doing stuff, she'll sit there. She'll just kind of observe, or she'll get close to me, but she'll like calm down for some reason. I don't have to tell her to. She'll just be like, I should, I should chill right now. I should just be here. Yeah. Yeah. Wallow in the energy, right? Mm-hmm. I trust her. <laughs> I trust her judgment for sure. How long have you been working on your book of shadows? Um, it's been officially, I would say, three years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What kinds of things do you keep in it, just generally? Um. I don't just keep things that work. I also have a couple things that didn't work in there. That's probably useful. Yeah. Um, like something, I'm like, okay, I did this spell. It didn't turn out the way I wanted to, or I'll tweak it, change something, and then it works out. So I definitely keep successes and failures in there. So your Book of Shadows is really more of a lab notebook in some ways. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> thinking of, like, chemistry class in high school, it's very much like that. Most of the witches that I know, when they, keep, when they talk about the Book of Shadows, they talk about it. Very similarly, where it's, you know, I did this really neat, beautiful page, and then nothing worked. So I went back to it and, mm-hmm. you know, scratched out what didn't and wrote in other notes. And um, the page doesn't look so beautiful anymore. But hey, it yeah. works. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you chose a magic wand because you could draw things with it. Do you mean, like, draw physically on the ground? Do you mean draw in the air? What do you mean by that? I mean, both of those, but I was thinking, my first thought was to draw on the ground. Yeah. Yep. Does a lot of your work involve the drawing of, of designs and mm-hmm. sigil work? Yeah. yeah. I'm always trying to make up my own. <laughs> like, use existing ones and then try to make my own from them. Yeah. That answers the question. So, I appreciate the time. Yeah, the I like these questions. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. So this is Mike. I'm here with Lisa. Hello. And we're going to ask these three questions, um, or really one question with three parts, I suppose. Um, If you were on a desert island, you could only have one book, one person, and one magical tool to do your work with, what would they be? So I'm going to start with magical tool, and I would take my Zippo lighter with me, um, because my path, my druidry, my whatever, fire is a really important part of that. And even though it would also be helpful for survival, um, I, I don't know that I'd want to be someplace where I couldn't light even a small fire. And so I would want to have the means to do that. And I could do it with my glasses, perhaps. And I know how to do it by rubbing two sticks together, but why? So if I could have a lighter, then I could maybe just skip all that and cut right to the chase. There, there's a reason that fire is called the sun of strength. Right. <laughs> in the Vedas. Right. Yes. So, um, for the most of everything else I can think of that I would want, I could make. I could make runes. I could make a wand. And that's, but even then I don't really use a wand all that much, although sometimes it's nice. But the wand that I actually have is a stick that I found in a creek somewhere. So, um, I'd just do the same thing for, for that if I needed one. Um, so that's for magical tool. Um, for magical person, I had a hard time going back and forth about this, and I think one of the folks that I would want to have with me, and this doesn't make any sense at all, except um, I'm interested a lot sometimes in the foundations of the neo-pagan movement. And so I think I might want to have Aidan Kelly as the person who 
seems, at least from my reading thus far, to be responsible for here are the eight high days and here's what we're going to call them and here's why and those sorts of kinds of, I think those would be really interesting conversations to have. For, so, to, so as to not be bored yes. while, while I'm on said island. So, so that might be a fun. I mean, obviously the easy one would be my spouse, right? Because that would have other benefits. But um, Poor Seamus. I also almost picked him. Did you almost? <laughs> always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Um, he, could, he could be the understudy, I guess. Um, but but for, for purposes of um, just conversation, it would be interesting to pick his brain as to why these high days and why other sorts of stuff and just it's kind of fascinating to think about how creative the beginnings of modern neo-paganism were um it'd just be really cool to have that conversation and you could put i mean oberon zell could be fun um you know there's all sorts of folks from the beginning that would be interesting to have I have to wonder if some of this conversation is also colored by the fact that you're about to do a Who's Who workshop. Well, yeah, the Who's Who, the workshop is on God, Spirits, and Ancestors, though, so I did, I did that workshop last month, ah. so, although it is sort of in that theme of things, as I'm thinking about pagan history and, and stuff like that, but it is, it is still kind of fascinating, that like, wow, there was nothing, or not a lot of something, and then, suddenly they not, were all, it's all organized, <laughs> and I know there's a whole bunch of stuff in between those two part, parts, um, which is really interesting. And then Tool. I did Tool. That was lighter. Tool. You did Tool. Anybody Book. Book. That's right. Book. Book. And I had a hard time when you told me, thinking about this, um, and it might not count, but I would still bring, and I'm cheating, I'm bringing my box set of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. And I might... Um, no, you know what? I won't bring those. Maybe I'll sneak them in. I'll bring the Silmarillion instead. Yeah. Um, because the Silmarillion is more mythological and has much more of a feeling of mythic stories and tales. And I was gonna—I was thinking about um, the very first mytho mythology book that I fell in love with was Dallaire's Greek Myths for Kids. Um, and then I was thinking a bunch of other mythology books. Um, but the Silmarillion, I think, would be something that I could then dig more into it, even though I've read it a number of times. I really haven't had a chance to really kind of like dig into it and get into the comparative mythology stuff with it. So I think that would be, I would have the time. So I'd yeah. be able to just kind of dig in through there and see who are these people and who's related to who and how does this myth cycle go. And I'd be able to geek out on it all by myself with Aiden Kelly. Yeah. By the fire. Geeking out on it is all sorts of fun. <laughs> so, awesome. Thanks. Thanks. So that about wraps us up for this particular um, brief but uh, enlightening episode of the Pagan Gumbo podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you'd like to listen to more previous episodes, uh, just cl uh, flip through our through our past episodes, and and there's all kinds of amazing things that we're talking about and giggling about and geeking out about, so to speak. Um, this episode is brought to you by the Magical Druid Store in Columbus, Ohio, purveyors of um, tools for all paths, really, and in a very accepting, wonderful, good vibes place to do your magic, and also by Nui Cobalt Designs, and we are purveyors of Chic Magique, particularly and especially 
magical ritual oils and candles prepared to assist you on your path. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll talk to you next time.